This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. The sacrifices of the saint of God. The hardest thing you're ever going to do in the Christian walk is obey a word from God. I'll tell you, that's why people like legalism. That's why people like hard-nosed legalistic churches. You know why? Because everything's black and white. Everything's this and everything is that. You can do this, you can't do that. You can go here, you can't go... We like that because we like sure things. But you'll understand that in the Christian walk, what you're going to find is there are definite rights and wrongs, definite blacks and whites. But what you're going to find is that what God uses and moves in your life over, He won't do that in my life. And how God operates in your journey, that's not how God operates in my journey. Now, some of y'all are looking at me like I'm making this up as I'm going. Let me, let me put it to you like this and see if this makes sense. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's, that's black and white for all of us, right? Yeah, that's the same for you as it is for me. Tyler, it's 3 a.m. It's time to get up. I've got a word for the people. He won't do that to you, will he? But he'll do that for me. That's my job to obey that call. But show me where that is in the Bible. You'll be walking down the road. You'll be heading to your office and God's going to put one of your coworkers in your mind and on your heart and say, pray now. And you've got to make that choice at that moment. He's going to tell you to say something to that coworker and you've got to make that choice. Now listen, he's not going to do that to me. You know, we don't like that kind of Christianity. You know why? Because it's not black and white. It doesn't have solid Answers And listen to me now. There's a part of Christianity Baptist people don't like. There's a part of Christianity Pentecostal people can't fathom. There's a part of Christianity that cannot be lined up in a denominational handbook. You know what it's called? The ways of God are higher than the ways of man. You understand you serve a God you can't figure out. You serve a God that don't really make much sense. You know what I say? If I was running the show, I'd kill all the crazy people. Pow, you're out of here, buddy. Just zap them one lightning bolt and we're all having a happy life. But, you know, if it was me, I'll tell you what I'd do. I told you, I ain't even, even going to preach. Y'all thought I was going to preach 22 minutes. I ain't even going to preach tonight. You know, if I was God, the closer you got to me, the better I'd make your life. As far as God, that's what I'd do. Wouldn't that how you'd operate? Because then you would know I'm getting close to God because things are getting better for me. But you know what God says? The closer you get to me, the tougher it's going to get on you. I cannot fathom that kind of religion. I can't fathom that kind of God. You know, if you were, if, if I was God and if you were God, the way that we would operate this thing called the Christian journey, you know what we would do? We would make all the bad people sacrifice. And we let all the good people get fat and sassy all the time, wouldn't we? Sure we would. Sure. Don't, don't act like you're more spiritual than I am. Yeah, that's exactly what we'd do. 
The closer you get to God, if I was God, the less you'd have to sacrifice. But you know what the Bible says? The more you get, the closer you get to God, the more He's going to require from you. I want you to look in the book of Matthew chapter 9. I'm not sure if I gave you the scripture, but Matthew chapter 9, verse number 13. One word in that verse. It's the first time it appears in all the New Testament. And it does not appear in the mouth of John. It doesn't appear in the, from the mouth of Matthew. It doesn't appear from the mouth of Joseph or Mary. In Matthew 9 and verse number 13, watch what the Bible says. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Jesus here in this passage, he says to the Pharisees, he says, all right, Pharisees, he said, there's a shift that's about to happen. He said, everything in your journey has led you to believe that as long as you are paying those physical sacrifices, everything's right with you. He says, but I want you to understand there's a turn about to happen. No longer am I going to rejoice in the physical sacrifice. He says, I want you to go and understand I want mercy instead of a physical sacrifice. There's a shift that takes place here. And that shift is this shift of moving from the physical to the spiritual. Moving from the actual to the inner. Moving from what you see to moving to what your heart tells you to do. Beloved, right now in this book you have read the first time in the New Testament that word sacrifice occurs. Now, I promise you tonight, what I'm going to give you probably won't make it in the camp meeting book of sermons that I'll preach. I highly doubt that anybody's going to call me and say, now, I want you to preach that message on sacrifice. You know why? Because most people, when they bring me in, they want me to pep them and step them is what they want. But God's people don't need pepping and stepping. What I'm looking at tonight, God's choice people, God's wonderful people, God's holy people, the people that are in this room that are trying to walk with God, the higher you get, the more you're going to have to understand that word sacrifice. I want to give you five things about that word sacrifice. Number one, what's the meaning of that word sacrifice? Well, in the Old Testament, the word sacrifice was always attached to something of physical value being given to a, to a divine entity. It had the, anytime you saw the word sacrifice, it was somebody taking something of value and giving it to the God that they served. Every time you see that word sacrifice in your Bible, it always entails three things. Number one, it always entails something that was costly, something of value, something that mattered in the Old Testament. It could be money, jewelry, an animal. It could be something that you plowed with. A lot of times in the Old Testament, if you really wanted to sacrifice, you would sacrifice the oxen you were plowing your field with. In the New Testament, you're going to find the sacrifices of God's people always cost them something. Number two, that sacrifice was always given to the God you serve. You always sacrifice to the one to whom you served. In the New Testament, you're going to find the sacrifices, the things that God requires from you and me. It is to be given to God. It is to be turned heavenward. 
It is to be turned up to the God that saved your soul. It's always going to cost you something, and it's always going to be given to your God. Number three, in the Old Testament, you're going to find anything that was sacrificed. It comes from a word, the word sacrifice. It literally means to slay, to cut the throat. You know what that meant? It had one purpose and goal. Therefore, number three, anything in the Old Testament that was sacrificed, it was by default dedicated to that God. Hear me now. You didn't cut the throat of a cow and watch it bleed out and then take it back and plow your field with it. You know what that cow was dedicated to? It was giving its life for that God. In the New Testament, you're going to find this idea of sacrifice. Now listen to me. Time out. You realize God ain't an American. You understand that? God doesn't, He's not a part of the American church. The American church has got this, I don't know if we've got cotton strings for backbones, but nobody wants to tell it like it is anymore. It absolutely bothers me when I see people that are in secular worldly settings and they do something for fame and fortune and think that it's all right because they give God glory in it. I think we give God glory in everything, but hear me now. God didn't give people singing talent to go on a talent show. That may be unpopular, but I'm just telling you that's the truth. It either belongs to God or it don't. Listen, God didn't raise up a good preacher to figure out he could go be an inspirational speaker and make a bunch of money. He called him to do one thing. You know what that is? Preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hear me. And listen, I'm all for motivational speakers. I need one every Monday morning. But you... I'm going to give you bad English, good theology. You either is called or you ain't called. They know, they know isms or schisms about that thing. You either belong to God or you don't belong to God. Child of God, what He requires from you out in your life, you're either doing it for the glory of God or you're not. There's no half points here. It's either for Jesus or it's not for Jesus. Now... That's the meaning. Number two, what's the practice of sacrifice? Now, I'm setting the stage for you. And I'm giving you something that you need to understand. The practice. There's two parts about a sacrifice in the Old Testament. Number one, it was always something given. You never got to hold on to it. You never got to take a cow that you had in the field, sacrifice it to God, and then take it back. Beloved, hear me now. We have got far too many bridge-building Christians in the the regards to their walk with God. Listen, when when Jesus Christ called me, I burned the bridge behind me. I'm not going backwards. I'm not heading back to that life. I'm not going back to the way I used to be. I don't want to go back to the way I used to be. I don't want to go back to where I came from. I don't want to go back to the life. Listen, right now, God would strike me dead if I ever said, God, I'm quitting the ministry. I'm going to go be a firefighter like I said I was going to years ago. You know why? Because I have given my life to God. Listen, there are people in this room right now God's called you to do something. And it could be cutting hair. It could be being a plumber. It could be an electrician. Whatever God's called you to. If you get out of that plan, listen to me now. You are getting in a place where you've given the sacrifice to God. And after it's been offered, you take it back. We don't operate that way. It's given to God. But number two, it's not just given to God. It was given to a priest. Beloved, 
When I gave what I gave, I didn't give it to a preacher. When I gave what I gave, I didn't give it to a church. A church doesn't own you and a church doesn't own me. A preacher doesn't own you and a preacher doesn't own me. A denomination doesn't own you and a denomination doesn't own me. I'll tell you who we belong to. You belong to the Lamb of God. You belong to the Lord of glory. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if the Baptists like it, hallelujah. And if the Baptists don't like it, glory to God. And if the Pentecostals get excited about it, wonderful. If the Pentecostals die in their sleep over it, then hallelujah. Here's what I say. What I have. It belongs to Jesus and nobody else. Listen to me. If I die in my sleep tonight and you got to get a new preacher by next Sunday, if you find some preacher that says you've got to be loyal to him, you better get out of this church. You are not loyal to a preacher. You are loyal to the word of the living God. Now, if a preacher follows that book, follow that preacher as he follows that book. But if that book ever becomes the sideshow, you better get off. Don't ever follow what is not following God. Now, let me give you number three. I told you I ain't going to preach long. I'm almost done. Number three, there was a change in the sacrifice. Now, in the Old Testament, did they offer spiritual things or physical things? Physical things. They offered bulls and goats and sheep and turtle doves and fruits and vegetables and all types of things. Can I ask you a question? When was the last time you saw us gut a hog or a goat on this platform? We don't offer physical things. Our offerings are spiritual things. Well, wait a second. What happened? When did we change from giving physical things, goats and animals, and we shifted over to giving things from our heart, from a message of our loving heart to Christ Jesus. When did that change? I'll tell you when that changed. There had to be a final sacrifice. There had to be a moment when the last sacrifice was offered and it was on bloody Calvary on the side of Golgotha's hill when the ultimate sacrifice, the Lord Jesus Christ, paid the price. And in Matthew 9, 13, he says, I want you to understand something. Don't be looking at sacrifices anymore. He said, I want you to understand something that you can't see. Mercy. Now, number four. Number four, the hurt of sacrifice. Listen to me. By the very word sacrifice, it ain't going to be fun. I, some people are crazy. Some preachers are crazy. Most preachers are crazy. I know y'all don't have to deal with that, but I deal with a lot of crazy preachers. There is a line of thinking in the church right now that says to live for God brings nothing but glory and grace and hallelujahs all the time. We call it the prosperity gospel. And the prosperity gospel says you can have whatever you want and the closer you get to Jesus, it's all going to be peachy keen. I wish I could find that in my Bible. I really, man, if I could find that in my Bible, me and you would be in that church tomorrow. <laughs> but by the very word sacrifice, you know what you need to understand about it? It's going to hurt. <laughs> it ain't going to be pleasant. You think it was pleasant to take the oxen, the only one that survived the famine, take that oxen that you'd been plowing with, 
and sacrifice it to God, do you think that was easy? Do you think what God requires from us is easy? Well, it leads me to number five, the blessing. The blessing of sacrifice. In that Old Testament tabernacle and temple, they knew when God was pleased with them. Because when the sacrifice was given, the Shekinah glory would fall from heaven and would lick up the sacrifice. And that was God's way of saying, I love you. You say, well, I've never felt the Shekinah from God. Well, it's not something you feel. It's something you have to learn to receive. Here's what the Bible says. He said of the Lord Jesus, He is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And when I act like the Lord Jesus Christ and when I live like the Lord Jesus Christ and when I honor the Lord Jesus Christ, the same words apply to you and I. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen, never forget this line. You'll never obey God and it go bad. And you'll never disobey God and it go good. Now listen, there's going to be some bumpy along that way. But it'll always turn out the way God wants it to turn out when you obey Him. In the Old Testament, there are five sacrifices. In the New Testament, there are five sacrifices. In the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 4, all tell us about the burnt offering sacrifice and the peace offering and the sin offering and the five different sacrifices. I was looking this afternoon. There are five sacrifices that you and I are given in the New Testament. I want you to write these down. Number one. And I'm praying that some of you right now are living in these, and if you're not, the Holy Ghost would deal with you over them. Number one, the first sacrifice is found in the book of Romans chapter 12. It's called the sacrifice of self. The sacrifice of self. I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1 or chapter 12, verse number 1 and 2. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The first sacrifice that you and I have to live, it is not the sacrifice of an animal. It is not the sacrifice of a goat or a cow or a sheep or a turtle dove. It is the sacrifice of my life. And your life. Here's what this sacrifice is. You ready? Live holy and honor God. That's what this sacrifice is. It's about living right. It's about walking right. It's about doing right. It's about being right. It's about communicating right. It's about loving right. It's about being faithful right. It's about being right with your husband. It's about being right with your wife. It's about being right with your fellow man. It's about being right at the church. It's about living holy. It's about being holy. You know how to live holy. People tell me all the time, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I don't understand this about the Bible. I don't understand that. 
that about the Bible. Listen to me, children of God. It ain't the stuff about the Bible I don't understand that tears my nerves up. It's that section of the Bible I do understand that tears my ever-loving nerves up. Don't worry about what you don't know how to do. Do what you know how to do and let God tell you the rest of it. Listen, I am amazed at how many people in 2022 who claim to be Christians have taken their selves back after Jesus bought them off of the auction block of sin. I'm saved, but I do what I want to do. I'm saved, and I live how I want to live. I'm saved, I drink what I want to drink. I'm saved, I sleep with who I want to sleep with. I'm saved, I shack where I want to shack. I'm saved, I do what I want to do. You can't live like you want to live and be right in the sight of God. Now, I'm talking to people in the church. I'm talking to Christians. Why would I do that? Because you battle the same things I battle. You battle this mindset of giving just a little bit. You battle just a little bit. You battle every day with that sacrifice of self. Can I tell you what I want to do? I want to wake up every day. I want to make three pots of coffee. I want to wake up every day and eat two loaves of Cinnabons. Not Cinnabons, the loaf box of Cinnabons. I want to get on TV and I want to cruise that TV all day long. I want to get up off of my blessed assurance at lunchtime and I want to go down to the local this and live like I want to live. I want to come back home. I want to get me a box of bonbons and eat those bonbons the way I want to live. And I want to watch what I want to watch. And then I want to call whoever I want to call and talk about whoever I want to talk about. I want to run who I mean, I want to be able to say what I want to say. I want to be able to do what I... But that's that flesh. That's that part of me that's trying to take my spirit back off of the altar. But I have been transformed in my mind. And my mind is being renewed by the word of the living God. And whenever I want to do those things, there's something on the inside that says you don't belong to you anymore, son. you got to do what Jesus wants you to do. And so you know what I do? I temper what I do. I temper where I go. You know why? Because this old flesh isn't in charge anymore. Jesus is the sacrifice of self. Number two, the second sacrifice is found in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 17. It's called the sacrifice of faith. Philippians 2 and verse number 17, the apostle Paul says this, Yea, and if I be altered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice, I joy and rejoice with you all. What he means there, what he's saying there, he's saying, if I've got to be spent, in order for you to be built up in faith, then I'm going to do it. There are going to be times, here's what this sacrifice is. It's you doing the most you can do so somebody else can be closer to Jesus. Teachers, when you're tired on Saturday night and you wake up on Sunday morning and you don't want to go in that class, you'd love to be able to sleep in just a little bit longer and not have to get up and pray and go to that class, but you do it and you run that flesh in the ground, weary and tired, in order to build up somebody else's faith. And you go in and you teach those kids and you come in here to choir practice and you sing these songs so that other people can be built up, so that other people can be closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you go to work on Monday, 
and you'd love nothing more than to tell everybody where to park it and how quick to do that parking job, but yet you hold back that, that feeling and you hold it back because you know it would grieve somebody's faith in that house. It would grieve somebody's testimony in that place and you hold back and you say, oh God, if it means I've got to suffer, if it means I've got to walk lower, if it means I've got to live a rougher life, if it means I can't do everything that I want to do, that's called the sacrifice of faith. And Paul said, if it means you're built up, I'm willing to be put down low. That's called the sacrifice of faith. Very few people have this kind of dedication anymore. I, I, I can't, Erica, we talk about this all the time. Where is the generation of people that will do it and do it without applause and paycheck and anything? They just do it because they want to see other people close to God. I'm going to tell you, these young preachers are just about to drive me crazy. They are literally about to drive me crazy. Now, I got some good boys. I'm telling you, some of these young guys, they bless me. But there's a generation of guys out there, and listen, I'm not the guy to tempt and test. I got a fuse on me about that long right there. And if you ever light it, Katie bar the door, baby doll, it's over. And I'm working on that. I know that ain't right, but I'm just telling you what my faults are. I'll talk to a young man and I'll say, hey, what are you doing today? It's Saturday. Heard you preaching tomorrow. What are you preaching? Well, I got this message I've had for a while. Okay. You going to do any studying? No, I got a tea time at 10 o'clock. Well, how many holes are you going to play? Nine? No, I'm going to try to get in 18 today. Oh, you going to study tonight? No, I already got that message worked out that I preached a couple of different times. I figure that'll do. What happened to that old generation of men that just had to get a word from God if it meant staying up all night long and not sleeping a bit? What happened to that generation of moms and dads and old women and old men that said, you know what, I'm going to teach that little class. I'm going to minister to that little family. I'm going to encourage that person if it means it hurts me. I'm with, listen, there are men right now, it makes me so puking, man, I could absolutely butt a 10 penny nail in half. I got, young, I got men I know. I think about Denise's daddy down there in Sanford, pastoring that little church, got 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 people that may or may not come, may or may not pay, just down there, just faithfully in, day in, day out, week in and week out. Preachers of those people, whether 100 show up or whether two show up, if nobody shows up, he prays, he's just faithful day in and day out. And yet there's a generation of young men, and I hope they watch it right now on this live stream. There's a generation of young men the first question they ask when they go into an interview, what's the pay package? I didn't sign up for a paycheck. I didn't sign up to get a pension. I didn't sign up to get a revival. I got enlisted into the army of God, and God help if I ever ask my commanding officer, what's the paycheck going to be before the war starts? tell you what's wrong with us. These young men have lost that sacrifice of faith. I'm willing to be put on the ground. And can I tell you something? Can I just stop and take a time out? My wife and I, up until really we came to this church, we had a rough go at it. I'm talking rough. 
I'm talking stomp when you go into the cupboard so the rats leave the cabinets. Rough. Rough. You know what I never did? I never did without. You know what God taught me in the low seasons? He was faithful in the low seasons. You know what God built me in the low seasons? That he would take care of me down there. And here we are. And the church has been good to us. You'll never Listen, if you ever hear somebody say, Oh, Tyler Curtis Galden talked about that church. You can look them in the eyeball and know they're a liar. I know who puts clothes on my baby's back. I know who puts clothes on my children's feet. I know who keeps me in suits. I know who puts my wife in dresses. And it's not some long lizard lip person down the road. It's the house of the living God. And I'm willing to be spent, sacrifice, so that people can be built. I'm sorry, I've preached too long, but I'm on this thing right now. It's tearing my nerves up. Where's the sacrifice? Where's the sacrifice? Scott, how many dimes have we ever given you to play that piano? None. And every service, he may come in on a wing and a prayer, but every service, (laughs) he leaves his job early. To come and play a piano. And the first thing you do when you call people, hey, can you fit? What's the pay? There's no sacrifice. Where's the sacrifice? Where's the sacrifice? I got to get off that point. I'm going to make somebody mad. Number three, there's a sacrifice God calls for. It's in the same book, Philippians chapter 4, verse 18. It's called the sacrifice of sustenance. Watch what Paul says in Philippians 4 in verse number 18. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. You know what had happened? I'll tell you what had happened. The church there at Philippi had found out that Paul had a physical need and they had taken up this offering and had given this offering to Epaphroditus in order to give to Paul. He, these people were willing to sacrifice of their physical goods so somebody else could have their needs met. Can I just, I hope I encourage the fire out of somebody right now in this church and watching online. Here's what I want to encourage you. You will never give one dime to somebody that has a need where the God of heaven will not pay you back five to tenfold. I'll tell you why. It's a sacrifice. And God says, I promise you, if you take care of those that cannot take care of themselves, I will take care of you. Those of you that'll see us, somebody walking down the road, we have Oasis every year and we have in preachers that can't afford to come, barely can afford to get here, can't afford their hotel, and you hand them a piece of money, you hand them a gift card, you give something to their wife, I'll tell you what God does, God says, I see that sacrifice that you've just made, and the Shekinah glory hits your soul, and the Holy Ghost says, you are pleasing in my sight, you'll never give one dime to people that have a need, and God not make sure that that need is met in your life. I thank the Lord for the faithful, sacrificial heart that you people have in giving to people. I praise God for it. Listen, I tell guys all the time, if you want a blessed church, teach people how to be sacrificial when they give. If you will give to the point of it hurting... I'm not talking about the front of that wallet, boys. I'm talking about that golf money in the back of that wallet. Ladies, 
I'm not talking about that stuff on top. I'm talking about that fingernail stuff that's stuffed in the back. Because that hurts. That's a sacrifice. I'm talking when you start getting into that level of sacrifice, God says, you are giving me a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Number four, the fourth sacrifice. And I'm not, I was going to preach on this whole thing tonight. I'm not even going to preach. I'm just going to give it to you. Hebrews chapter 13. Man, I'm, I done told you I've done gone over 10 minutes longer than I told you. I was, I'll just borrow it from next Sunday, all right? So Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 15. Here's the fourth sacrifice, the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise. Watch what it says in Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Listen, the words that come off of your mouth, that come out of your mouth, that flow off of your lips, that glorify God, they are a sacrifice of praise. People ask me all the time, why do you raise your hands in church? Why do you say amen in church? Why do you say hallelujah when the choir sings? Why do you say glory to God? Why do you say praise the Lord? Why do you say hallelujah? Why do you say thank you, Jesus? Why are you so vocal? Why do you get into it so much? Why do you get so excited about it? How I'll tell you why. Every word that comes off of my mouth is a sweet-smelling sacrifice that's lifted up to the God of heaven. I promise you right now, it does not mean you're spiritual if you, if you say amen, but it sure enough don't make you spiritual to sit there and look like a dead bump on a dead log. God's been good to me. God's blessed me, and you'll forgive me if I lift my hands up in the sanctuary and say, blessed be the name of the God of heaven. Hallelujah. Every time the fruit of your lips yield off a of praise, Paul said it is a sacrifice to God. You ever been riding down the road and something hits you about something God's given you and it's like it just rises up and you just say, thank you, Jesus. You know what that is? That's a sacrifice of praise. Yeah. You ever been so sick you didn't think you could get up out of the bed and the next day you finally felt like you could move and breathe again and all you could think was, Lord, I just want to say bless your holy name. I just want to say thank you. You know what that is, beloved? That's the sacrifice of praise uh, raising up off of your lips. That's why it makes me so happy when I see people out here singing along because every person that's a singing along out there is just lifting off another sacrifice of praise from their lips when the people of God say amen to the preaching. It's another sacrifice to praise when you're riding down the road or when you're in your work and you tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ and how good he's been to you and how holy and how faithful he's been to you. It's another sacrifice of praise. It's like you're throwing another turtle dove. It's like throwing another lamb in there. Here's the thing. They could only give so many lambs. They could only give so many turtle doves. But honey, there is no limit to the amount of praise that I can give to the God of heaven. There's no limit to the things that I can say so let me just stop and clear me off a spot and say blessed be the name of the God of heaven. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. The sacrifice of praise. There's a fifth sacrifice and I'm done. It's found in the book of Revelation chapter 8, verse number 4. It's called the sacrifice of prayer. I want you to watch this phrase that I thought about this evening. In the book of Revelation chapter 8 and verse number 4. 
and the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up to God out of the angel's hand. In the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, there was what was called the altar of incense. And they would put sacrifice, or they would put spices that had been given in sacrifice, and it would go on top of that altar, baby. And that fire would hit those spices, and that smoke would rise up off of that altar. And that that would go up, and it would be a sweet-smelling savor. It was the smell of sacrifice. In the New Testament, this is what the Bible tells us. Every time you pray, because it costs you something to pray. Hear me now. If it's easy to pray, you ain't doing it right. I'm I'm just telling you, if it's easy for you to focus and pray, you ain't doing something right. Every time I bow my head, I feel like I'm in a war. Every time I lift up my voice to talk to God, I feel like the devil has got his sights set on me. Every confusion comes into my mind. Every thought comes into my mind. Every wickedness comes into my mind. Every time I try to pray, I feel like I've just run a marathon. You know why? It's a battle. It's a warfare. It's a sacrifice. But you know what the Bible tells us? Every prayer we offer, it rises up. Hear me. Your praise doesn't go into the nostrils of God. Your life doesn't go into the nostrils of God. There's only one thing that perfumes heaven. It's the prayers of the saints of God. You know, I was thinking the other day, how little we really understand about God. You know what I feel like when I think of God? I can preach the most fantastic sermon. I can preach the most wonderful message. And you know what I feel like when I go home? I feel like what I've done is tried to drink the Atlantic Ocean with a thimble. That's what it's like trying to figure God out. It's like trying to drain Atlantic Ocean with just a thimble. All I know is that God's requiring some stuff from us and we're probably not being as faithful in these things as we could be. The sacrifices of the saints of God.